Hello and welcome to a special Tez Christmas podcast for 2019. I'm Dave Speck and joining me is Catherine Love. Hi Catherine. Hello. Hi. Uh, Will Stewart. Hi Will. Hello. And Ed Dorrell. Ed, hi. Hello, hello. Now the first thing we should mention... Oh, crikey. And John <laughs> Roberts on the line from Yorkshire. John, um, I almost forgot. That. Out of sight and out of mind. <laughs> out of sight hi. but not out of mind, yeah. Right, listen... It's been a, an amazing year, it says. Um, we, we've covered thousands of stories. And, uh, I mean, how do you pick the best one? Which one stands out? Before we just get tucked into that question, let's just talk about our person of the year. Um, it's Sarah Hewitt-Clarkson. She's a head teacher of Anderton Park Primary in Birmingham. <laughs> she stood firm in the face of huge pressure. John, you know about, about Sarah, don't you? Yes, I've um, spoken to her quite a bit over the course of this year as, as she's found her school basically kind of thrust to the, the front of a national issue, really. Um, there have been a series of high-profile protests against the teaching of LGBT identities or teaching primary school children that LGBT families exist. And her school at Anderton Park in Birmingham was, um, was at the forefront of that with a, a nine-week solid protest right outside the school. Yeah. And she's kind of led her school through that and through a, a lengthy legal battle to get an injunction to, to move the protest away from the site. But it, um, and that, I think, has been an astonishing thing for a, for a school leader and a school community to have to face. But beyond that as well, I think she's become a, a leading voice in the kind of the importance for schools and public service protecting equalities. And, and I think it's, it's as much about the way she's kind of articulated that that's, that's really striking and impressive about the way she's coped with it. Um, yeah, I'm, I would just like to add, um, really echo what, what John has said. Uh, I um, had the honour of interviewing um, Sarah at an event a few weeks ago. And I mean, she really does, in my opinion at least, um, represent the best of primary leadership and her, her sort of conviction and her beliefs and what, what she wants to achieve for her children. So not only is she, um, is she I think, is she winning the, winning the award or winning this uh, yes, award in her own right. I think she's sort of representing the best of primary education as well. Um, I should add that this is an entirely unscientific affair and it involves a group of people, including me and Will here, in a, and Anne, our editor, in a room and essentially deciding on a whim who we think the best person is to win. Not the best person, the most, the the most, most influential The most influential. Person, because there, there, there are some choices in there that not everybody will agree with in terms of whether they think they've done a good thing but they would definitely I think agree that they've been influential among among the others are um, John Sweller the academic uh, and Longfield behind cognitive load Lothian. theory and Longfield the children's commissioner for England Greta Thunberg and of course um, and it will surprise no one to hear Kim Kardashian West um, <laughs> You'll have to read either online or in print why we've chosen Kim Kardashian. I won't tell you now. Yes. My uh, my computers, I'm just getting a, a big batch of emails. I apologise for that. Work doesn't stop. News are breaking news. Yeah, breaking news. Hello. Right. We're probably going to have to abandon this and go and, uh, go and cover some breaking news. Well, this was supposed to be in the pub, but our, our listeners might believe that we were actually in the pub in the way we're yeah. giggling away like well, children. Why couldn't we go to the pub? Because it was full of drunk people. 
Right. We're not drunk. Back look, on it, Dave. Let's, let's get back to this. I mean, look, we, we, <laughs> we've covered thousands of stories this year. Uh, Will, you're the news editor. What, what, which, I mean, I know it's a difficult job, but what, what are the ones that stand out for you? What is these, the one story that you would pick that's had the most impact or yeah. is the most significant? Well, I, I think we're all picking one each, aren't we? So I wouldn't say that this is the standout, but I think it, um, for a number of reasons, it's definitely worth a mention. So earlier this year, we did a series of stories um, about something that was called flattening the grass, which is a very controversial behaviour policy that um, at least one, I think potentially two, two um, uh, academy chains operated. And we did it because teachers were coming forward to explain what was happening. They said it, it, was, um, it was involved ritual humi humiliation of and terrifying pupils. And it, I think what got people was that it was uh, supposedly done in a quite a systematic way. And this was at the um, Outward Grange Academy, which mainly, uh, sorry, Academy Trust, which mainly runs schools in the north of England. The reason I picked it out, I mean, the thing itself w was was quite shocking. You know, the, the the trust has defended itself, but I think the whole reaction to it just showed the way kind of things and opinions about education are going because it really divided opinion. Certainly on social media, it divided people into two camps: people that thought there's a particular way of managing behaviour in schools. And you need to do it, um, and, and obviously I don't think anybody would defend potentially ritually humiliating pupils, but people were suspicious of any criticism of this because they thought this is a model for controlling behaviour and then equally there's another half that were kind of quite appalled. And I, I found the reaction to it, I think this is something that's going to keep coming up, people talking about isolation booths, and it's almost, I think, becoming a kind of culture war in the same way that... Um, dispute over knowledge-rich um, curriculum and and the skills-based curriculum has become so I, I th that that was why I put it there it was a okay. fairly shocking story but I think yeah. it I think it spoke to it certainly the reaction spoke to a wider a wider um, point yeah and um, amazing story amazing journalism as well I would yeah. mm. um, John you, you've um, which story would you say stood out for you this year um, I, I think probably the, the story I've become mildly obsessed with this year is um, is off-rolling. Um, and we, we've done a lot on that. But about a month or so ago, we had a, a, a story that I think really shed a, shined a light onto the kind of pressure school face and the decisions they make. Um, we got an internal document from a multi-academy trust that showed staff discussing how how the removal of low-achieving low pupils would boost Progress 8 scores. Um, this was at Gorse Academy's Trust in Leeds. Um, the Trust said that this was just a theoretical discussion paper and that nothing unethical flowed from it, but the local council uh, accused Gorse of following up on the plan and, and of off-rolling pupils into, into an alternative provision academy. Um, and then Ofsted have subsequently been in inspected one of their schools and criticised the way pupils were taken off-roll. But it, it was the original document, I think, that, that stood out to me as just... Um, an eye-opener into, because we talk a lot about accountability pressures and how that kind of manifests itself in schools, but I've never seen anything quite so stark as to the way education was discussed in this document, mm. irrespective of what the Trust did with it. Um, it. It really did kind of boil education down to a numbers game and left you asking questions about about where what the unintended consequences of policy are if, if people in schools end up talking about kids as low-achieving anchor pupils to be 
to be taken off the roll before they become a problem. Yeah. It's sort of a, just a million miles from anything you'd expect to see. Um, it, so that's probably the story I'd, I'd pick out. It reminded me of a, of a story I did uh, in the summer. <laughs> Um, no, I mean, it was, it was, was it a better story, Dave? Well, <laughs> it was an FOI actually that, that revealed that concerns by Somerset County Council that an academy in their in their area had asked parents to sign an off-rolling letter, and these parents were illiterate, in fact. Yeah, yeah. So not only were they trying to hoodwink these parents, but yet they were expecting these parents to provide an education at home for this pupil, even though they couldn't read and write themselves. We should be, absolutely we, we, we should be clear here that there's no suggestion that um, that Gorse did anything like that absolutely absolutely i mean i think it's really, it's really important to say that these um the gorse um move pupils to a, an alternative provision academy that they run and which ofsted has said is providing a good standard of education um so in this case the off-rolling question is is really about um what motivates the school to to remove kids from their role gorse will say this was done in the best interest of their of the kids but the, the local council, in this case, said it was they think it was in the best interest of the school and that they were been they were being moved on with with scores school scores in mind. Um, but it really, I think, just spoke to the heart of the the off-rolling debate. And I think it's an issue that Ofsted, in one way, deserve a lot of credit for being the organisation that have led on it. But I feel like there are huge questions about the way this issue is presenting itself in Ofsted reports. Yeah. Okay, John. Well, look, Catherine. Um, are you going skiing this Christmas? Uh, I am. I am not. Um, but the, I'm... The, the relevance of that question will become very apparent. <laughs> I've got no idea what's going on. <laughs> um, it's uh, it's it's kind of a a, a callback to a story I did uh, a little while ago, which was on um, a lot of controversy around a GCSE German question uh, from AQA on skiing, um, and in the examiner's report on this question. Um, then uh, sort of it, it said that students couldn't uh, or struggled to state advantages or disadvantages of a skiing holiday um, and then this was this was published online um, and it had a lot of criticism for uh, obviously you know perhaps having a, a bias towards middle-class families um, many students wouldn't have been skiing and, and wouldn't have been able to, uh, to, discuss, to, to advantages discuss that or disadvantages, yeah. and, and, and what did which exam board was it? Sorry. Uh, this was AQA, um, but it's. I mean, it's it's something that's an example of something that's become increasingly apparent this year, which is uh, the the ability for social media to kind of spread concerns about exams very mm -hmm. very quickly. Yeah. Um, and I know that Jeff Barton uh, wrote about this for us back in in June about the kind of the, the way in which any kind of false papers being published online, uh, asking you know people will say that they've got a paper in advance and and say that they can sell it or that they've seen questions that that may be false, but. Um, this is something that he described as kind of being able now to spread like wildfire. And I know it's something that exam boards, mm. all exam boards are, are sort of increasingly conscious of the fact yeah. that um, nowadays, if, if students are unhappy with a component of the exam or are anxious about it, or uh, there is there is an issue with it, then social media obviously magnifies that to, to a much yeah. greater extent yeah. than, than in the past. Yeah. Um, shall I tell you a story that stood out for me? Go on, Go on. Go on. Yes, Dave. Um, quite alarmingly, for the third year in a row, teacher stress is increasing, according to the Education Support Charity. And uh, its Teacher Wellbeing Index this year shows a rise in tearfulness, 
uh, rising insomnia, irritability. Sounds like the Tez newsroom. <laughs> <laughs> but, so, was that planned, though? Was that planned? We, Did you write that? Let, 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 let me get to it because. <laughs> I mean, okay, you you could argue that. Well, what they're saying is workload is, is causing this, but it's also teachers not feeling valued um, and a rise in poor pupil behaviour, um, which is not what the, the Conservatives have said in their manifesto, no. interestingly, according to our story today. Um, but yet there's been a slight fall in teachers turning to alcohol to cope with stress and a slight increase in teachers turning to food to cope with stress. So, so Christmas... That Christmas theme, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, I mean, <laughs> it's quite tenuous. Is it a tenuous link? I thought I thought you had a better Christmas link. Well, actually, uh, as it happens, <laughs> um, <clears throat> no. When you talk about teacher stress, um, our overall TES School of the Year, the 2019 TES Awards, was. Meadowview Farm School in Leicestershire. Mm-hmm. And, uh, Great went, school. Yeah, have you been? Yeah. Right. Do you know what the have you have you have you looked into what the teachers the school does for teacher well being? It's a massive part of their agenda. Yeah. And um, they're looking into the way staff look after their own self care, basically. And you know the children are quite ch- quite you know uh, they're I would say challenging, but they've got. Um, social and emotional difficulties, they've suffered trauma and their behaviour is quite extreme at times and this can be quite traumatic for the yeah. staff to deal with. And so self-care becomes a big issue at this school. And, um, it's a big issue, bigger issue at Christmas time. Well, it's a bigger issue at Christmas time because these children, they are getting more excited, they're getting more agi- agitated and, um, you know, that things like, you know, am I going to get the presents I want? Am I not going to get the presents I want? There's this one little boy who's scared of Father Christmas and uh, apparently an eight-year-old boy is asking questions about why is why are my mum and dad letting in a stranger into our house that we don't know how's he going to get in and what's he going to do when he gets in and why is he coming and it's for, for children who have experienced trauma who've got social and emotional problems this is this is the sort of thing that the staff are dealing with um, but I mean you get things like biting and spitting and and Flashing yeah. out and all yeah. that sort of thing. So the staff really need to take care of themselves. And what 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 I found a little bit interesting was that every Friday after the children go home at twelve, the staff knock off and have lunch together, and then they play darts together. So um, sounds like a sound, dream. Sounds sound really good. They do things <laughs> like felting classes, yeah, and um, you know felting classes together. And and the head teacher um, Ryan Kilby goes for a like a four k jog in the morning just to. You know, to that's his own way of practicing self-care. Yeah. But he's also he, he also goes and has supervision um, of the type that you know paramedics and social workers have, um, and he says that a lot more heads should do that because it's interesting. Isn't I mean, it? One of the groups that were identified as being under pressure are head teachers. You know, a rise in stress levels of head well, teachers. Talking like, of which, say, talking yeah. of which, Dave, another effortless segue. <laughs> uh, Ofsted, that's my story. Ah, indeed. That's my yeah. story of the year. Just and it's not it's not my story, but it is a story, and it is a massive story for schools. The new inspection framework, the one that's supposed to focus on curriculum. We haven't reported on it much, have we? No, um, no one around this table has written any words about that. <laughs> Blimey, we've written a few. 
Um, yeah, well, it came in in September. It was supposed to be reducing um, the focus on data and results and more on what teachers teach rather than the results. And um, a second order consequence of so doing was supposed to be to reduce the pressure in schools and in turn earn a number of teachers fleeing the profession. And it's coming this uh, this year and I mean I don't want to uh, <coughs> prejudice anything but I, I feel like it's kind of um, not necessarily turning out how Ofsted wanted it to. Um, the uh, the pressures, pressure schools are feeling seem to be pretty much as high as ever if not higher. So deep dives, which almost all our listeners will heard of at primary school, and curriculum focuses in um, at secondary school. Certainly, middle leaders seem to be really feeling the um, the pressure of Ofsted, and I, for one, am worried about the impact that that will have on uh, the conveyor belt of new head teachers. I yeah, and it's interesting because it's because in a way it's been a pretty good year for Ofsted, hasn't it? Because because they, absolutely, I mean, the fallout from this is has happened but everybody predicted it was going to be or some people predicted it was going to be an immediate disaster it certainly hasn't been no in their term no, that's fair. also during the election so i mean a big conservative majority and the conservatives are four square behind offset and if you look back to i can't remember what certainly was it 2010 but it it wasn't too long ago when when one Dominic Cummings who who's now quite may have famous, heard of him yeah uh, you know and 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 the Conservatives generally re- really were questioning the whole future of Ofsted and it's just been a complete turnaround since then so you know new framework promising more money more, more money, more from money Boris whether it's going to be enough um, so I, th- I think that's one of the big things to come out of him. so yeah it's been a good year but I would expect in twenty twenty um, more fallout from the framework. I would say. Yeah. I've got to go to the pub, Dave. And you've got to go to one of your pubs in Westminster. No, no, no. I'm going to the pub around the corner with a head teacher. Okay, well, get, take your pad and pen with you. <laughs> <laughs> yes, boss. Well, look, shall we finish on this um, this 12 days of Tesmus, which you know all about, Will? Um, um, we put a shout out on Twitter for our readers to. Um, Finish, uh, replace the lyrics of the 12 days of Christmas with their own um, kind of versions and every day we've been giving away a prize and some really good prizes actually apparently one was um, a, a teacher and 35 pupils to go to a zoo um, which is a <laughs> great, fantastic day out isn't it really? um, so um, Catherine tell us about your uh, tell us about to a zoo Dave I just I, when Ella told me that was one of the prizes I thought wow that's you know it's quite an interesting that a, that stuff that we give away it says isn't it you entice know. me to it's a spa day as well I think oh that's all very nice want yeah. to take your class of pupils out to a zoo yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sorry it's a Go great on. great prize yeah. <laughs> Catherine tell us what we've got what what, what, what been some value are you, um, you, you going to sing it no you, you're, um, you're going to sing it Will it's no. uh, for the purposes for, for the for the health and safety of everyone at home, I, I won't say it. Um, it's uh, so there's been some brilliant, uh, some brilliant additions. We're still missing day twelve and day eleven, so we're on day eleven now, which I think is eleven pipers piping. So if you've got any uh, any good suggestions for that, uh, then do obviously get them get them on the Twitter feed. Um, so we've got on the eleventh day of Christmas, education gave to me, and we've got space for that one. And then we've got ten is it lunch times, nine risk assessments. Eight plimsolls missing, seven unknown jumpers, six hairs are graying, five gold stars, 
four piles of marking, three red pens, two tea stain mugs, and the ability to hold in a week, which is number one, <laughs> apparently, for all teachers everywhere. Which does sort of sound like a partridge in a pear tree. Yeah, well, that, that's the whole point. I thought it was quite, I just thought it was missing a syllable. <laughs> right, come on. On that note. Happy Christmas, everybody. And a happy new year.